Now, I was single for a long time, and I was just kind of strange, but I didn't want to live with nobody unmarried. When I come home, I want my peace and quiet. If I'm going to be single, I'm going to be what? Single. I ain't going to be married and single. And I wasn't saved, but I'm just, that was just me. I, I couldn't reconcile going through all that drama and stuff. If I'm going to go through some pain and suffering, I'm going to have to be married. <laughs> Glory to God. I ain't going through this single. Glory to God. I'm going to argue with somebody. I'm going to be married. We got to fix it now. This is Jerry G. Martin, and welcome to The Light of the World. I'm bringing you a message over the next few days called The Top 10 Reasons for Not Shacking. Call someone you know that may be in that living arrangement and have them to join you as you listen to this message today. And number one, when you are a child of God and you live in a constant state of sin, there are a series of things that will affect your life. Here's what sin does to you. Sin dirties the soul. And you just always feel like that you're just not right. There's something that needs to be done. Now, when you're an unbeliever, when you're not saved, and you're not trying to live for God, you know, you don't have no problem with none of this. But when you're saved, when you've came and made a commitment to Christ, and you're trying to live right before God, there is a problem. No pig ever says, woe is me, I'm dirty. The pigs don't say that. Because the pig have no concept of what dirty is, because that's his element. But the child of God realizes he's dirty when he sins. This is not right. I got to get washed. I got to get cleansed. I got to get forgiven. I got to get this taken care of. Sin dirties the soul. Secondly, sin dominates the mind. It's always on my mind. I got to get this taken care of. I know it ain't right. There hasn't been anybody that I've talked to that been in this situation when I say, now you know this is not right, don't you? They said, oh no, this is right. They always said, I, I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm going to try to get it together. They never say, not believers. Oh, yeah, this is right. That's no problem. I, this is right. And I can stand up right before God without any issues, Pastor. They don't say that. They say, I, I know. I know it's not right. Because it dominates the mind. David says, for I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is always before me. So if you're a child of God and the Holy Spirit is in you, he's not going to leave you alone about that situation. If he ain't messing with you, you're probably not saved. Because that's what he does. That's his ministry. The Holy Spirit's ministry on the inside of us is to keep bringing us back to right and righteousness. So when we miss the mark, the Holy Spirit says, you need to get it right. You need to confess. You need... That's the difference between a person who's saved and unsaved. When you're unsaved, you just go out and party all night and drink and drug and chase women and lay around. And then you get up the next day and you want to do it again. That's when you're unsaved. But when you're saved and you go out and you do something that's not pleasing to God, you be, oh, Lord, I got to Lord, forgive me. I, you feel so bad. You grieve the Spirit of God on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit on the inside of you say, hey, man, that ain't true. You can't be doing that. You better get yourself to that church and get to that altar and get forgiveness and get some prayer. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Now, if he's not doing that in you, guess what? He ain't there. And if he's not there, you ain't saved. Don't fool yourself. Do whatever you want to do if you ain't saved. But if you are saved or you're professing to be saved, the Holy Spirit is messing with you. And he messes with us too, not just those who are cohabitating, the rest of us doing stuff. He's messing with you too. Ought to be. So if he's not, we have an altar call for those who want to be saved. Sin dirties the soul. Sin dominates the mind. Sin disgraces the Lord. 
An unsaved person sometimes feel bad about what sin does in his life, but a saved person feels bad about what it does before God. David said, Lord, it is you, and before you only have our sin. Some other people know about this, but it's you, God, that I'm confessing my sin to. I need to get that straight. I can't stand before you with this still in my life. Sin disgraces the Lord. The Lord is looking at us when we come before him and just saying, I want you to get that straight in your life. He always tries to bring us to himself. He never drives us away from him in that he's trying to bring us to himself. Sin depresses the heart. The most miserable person in the world is not a lost sinner. The most miserable person in the world is a saved person out of fellowship with the Lord, trying to be a sinner, and then trying to go to church, and then trying to do your thing, and trying to do that. That's the one that's miserable. He don't know. He's schizophrenic. Too scared to stay out of church, <laughs> and uncomfortable in church. But you just got to go because you're scared not to go. Lord, if I don't go, I ain't no telling what might happen. But when you go, you're uncomfortable. He's always talking about me. Every time I go to church, he's talking about me. That pastor just mean. He ain't got no sensitivity. He's just always talking about me. You know, I tell folks, when you got a lot of junk going on in your life, I can say anything and be talking about you. I say, you haven't prayed in a week. Oh, Lord, why he talking about me? Who told? <laughs> you don't give when you come to church. See that? He talking about me. He, he ain't supposed to know what nobody give anyway. You don't come to church on time. He always looking, trying to see who coming on time. So I can say anything and then hit you. Because some people are wide target. They got all kind of stuff hanging on them. They wide. You can just throw in the dark and hit them. But when you're living right, you're narrow. You just get hit every once in a while. I ain't trying to hit nobody. But I ain't trying to miss nobody either. One guy got mad at me and said, well, every time I come to church, you're just talking about me. I said, you know what? Don't even give yourself that much credit. You don't come to church enough. I don't even know when you're coming, how I'm going to fix something for you. Sin dirties the soul, it dominates the mind, it disgraces the Lord, it depresses the heart, and it destroys, I said earlier, it destroys our testimony. Every person who comes to the Lord ought to have a testimony. We all have things that we need to continue to overcome, but when we're constantly in a situation, it destroys our ability to share our faith, destroys our ability to speak of the things of God in our lives so that others will hear it. As I was looking at this, there was one conclusion of a writer about this situation of cohabitation. He said, the cumulative evidence clearly suggests that compared to marriage, uncommitted cohabitation is an inferior social arrangement. Cohabitating men tend to be quite uncommitted. Cohabitating women with children tend to be quite uncertain about their future. How should we respond as a church? We should respond in a loving manner to every person that comes into the church. When couples come in and they are living in that situation, they present themselves to us. It's our opportunity to respond to their willingness to be influenced by our pastoral care and the word of God. People, when they come to church, obviously they're coming to church because they want to receive something from the Lord. So we have to be careful not to have an attitude to where we drive people away from the Lord instead of encouraging them to come to the Lord and work through whatever issues they might have. When things are obvious, it will limit their ability to do things in the church. They'll limit their participation in certain things and their leadership abilities in certain areas. We must accommodate their need to find the Lord and to grow in Christ. 
How do we help them without condemning or condoning? We have to help the people get right and grow in Christ. We have to endeavor to establish them in the faith and in the word of God. We have to advise the couple to consider their mature choices, separation, premarital counseling, mentoring, learning the skills of covenant love. Some people are in some situations that are very, very complex. And they've got themselves in those situations. You know, back when I first got saved and first started pastoring, and anybody come in here, just as soon as they come in, y'all got to split up. Well, they've got children together. They've got, they bought their house together. They got their cars together. They got their names on different things. It's not as easy as it used to be. We have to work through that. And then some of them still married to somebody else. I said, why don't y'all get married? I mean, I'm taking the light on. Y'all got all your stuff together. Y'all got y'all stuff in better shape than married folk. Married folk be trying to hide their money. Y'all got all y'all together. <laughs> they won't even buy their stuff together, some of them. They got my car, your car. And here you are. You ain't even married. You done bought a car together, got joint ownership. Both of your names on the title of the house. Okay, so get married. Well, I can't do that right now. Well, we can. I got a Bible. <laughs> don't you love each other? He asked that question. Well, if you don't love each other, why y'all together? And if you do love each other, why don't you get married? It's just simple like that. So what's the, what's the problem here? Now, I was single for a long time, and I was just kind of strange, but I didn't want to live with nobody unmarried. When I come home, I want my peace and quiet. <laughs> I'm single. If I'm going to be single, I'm going to be what? Single. I ain't going to be married and single. <laughs> Trying to be married and be single. I don't want nobody telling me nothing. I'm single before I was saved. I see how this happened because women used to start leaving stuff at my house. I said, if you want this, you better get it because it's going in the trash Tuesday. Don't leave nothing here. Everything you came with, take it back. That don't belong here. Don't leave nothing here. Nothing. Unless you just take our meal. Unless it's some fajitas or something. And I wasn't saved, but I'm just, that was just me. I, I couldn't reconcile going through all that drama and stuff. If I'm going to go through some pain and suffering, I'm going to have to be married. <laughs> Glory to God. I ain't going through this single. Glory to God. I'm going to argue with somebody. I'm going to be married. We got to fix it now. Folks be fighting and stuff and they be ain't married. Y'all fighting and ain't married? It didn't make sense to me. Won't you just go your way? I go mine. We don't have to fight. There's another bus coming. <laughs> Folks act like they can't find nobody else. This is the last one. I just got to get this one. Yeah, you find somebody else. The Lord will help you. Ask the Lord to send you somebody. Hey, Amen. He'll send you somebody. If you can't find nobody, see me. We'll, we'll, we'll see if we can find you somebody. We go online. We'll <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. If you're going to send a picture, don't send it before, send it after. <laughs> Here's what we ought to do as a church. We want to pray for those who are in situations that they're struggling. When you get with somebody, whether you know it or not, whether you're married or you're cohabitating, your spirits begin to be joined together. It's not as simple as saying, go your separate way. But God needs to help us to be in a proper arrangement, and we need to help these couples I was talking to a pastor the other day, and he was telling me about one of his older members who was living with somebody for 30 years. He didn't even know they weren't married until the funeral. 
he's getting ready to talk about brother and sister, whatever, and he couldn't find it in the, in the program like it was. He said, why they got it listed like this in the program? Somebody said, they wasn't married. He said, they wasn't. But then he said, their children came up in the same environment. And guess what? None of them are married. They're all living with somebody. So we have a generation now who've come up and it's become normal. It's not a problem. It's just a normal way of doing things. And we got to say it's not a God way of doing it. You want God's blessings over your house and over your household? We have to do things God's way. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you today. We thank you for your word. And we thank you, Lord, that your word will go and begin to minister to the hearts of those who find themselves wanting you, wanting the living water that you provide in their life. They want the fullness of your grace. They want the fullness of your spirit's power in their life. And Father, there are some things you want them to go and adjust in their own life. Whether it's just uh, living arrangements or whether it's some habits in our lives, even those who are married or single and don't have those living arrangements. This is a message for all of us. If you're going to be foremost in our life, we need to straighten up the things that are displeasing to you. This is Pastor Jerry G. Martin, and I certainly hope that you have enjoyed this sensitive but serious message that we've given to those who find themselves in a living arrangement that's not pleasing to God. It is important to note that for the woman at the well, Jesus offered her living water, knowing her circumstances and her living arrangements before he asked her about them. God wants the church to minister to these couples so that they will come to know him as we minister to them in love and grace. Now I just want to take a moment to give you a special invitation to come and be my guest at the Light of the World. God is doing some tremendous, wonderful things. We've heard testimonies of healing and deliverance and provisions. God has begun this year showing himself strong on our behalf. So come and be my guest. If you are not connected in a church family or a church home, the Light of the World is a place to believe it's a place to belong. It's a place to allow God to fulfill his will and purpose in your life so that not only can you be blessed, you can bless others. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. For more information, visit us online at www.lowcf.org. also want to mention to you that our Beacon Bookstore and Gift Shop is operating right here on our campus. If you're a pastor or a church and you need church supplies, communion supplies, Sunday school books, or research material, just call us at the Beacon at 281-441-2885. That's 281-441-2885. If you're looking for a place to have a small conference or a banquet or a wedding, Call the Beacon Resource Center at 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Pastor Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly, richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.